Ka-cha. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Making Sales Social Live. I'm Bob Woods. I'm here with Bryn Tillman, and we are doing something a little different today. We're going to be talking about the LinkedIn profile. We're going to be giving you lots of tips, and we're going to be doing it quick fire style. Mm -hmm. Bum, bum, bum. Welcome to Making Sales Social Live, as we share LinkedIn and social selling training, strategies, and tips that will have an immediate impact on your business. Join Bryn Tillman and me, Bob Woods, every week, Making Sales Social Live. This is the recorded version of our weekly Making Sales Social Live show. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with one, and then Bryn's going to give you a tip, I'm going to give you a tip, and we're going to go back and forth like that. You're going to get a lot of value, a lot of tips, and we don't have a lot of time. So let's go ahead and get started right now. Bryn, let's start with the thing, the very first thing that appears and everyone sees at the very top of a LinkedIn profile, the banner. So your LinkedIn banner, this is great real estate. This is the opportunity to get your message across both when people get to your profile or even if they're looking at content that you shared, your banner is going to show up. Now, it does not have to be static. You can use this to talk about events that are coming up, new product launches. If you're going to be going to a trade show and you want people to know, this banner you can use over and over and over again in lots of different ways. Quick tip, go to canva.com and look up LinkedIn banner. It will give you the template and you can play around with that banner and use it in many different ways. Okay, Bob, banner, go. So um, one thing that I've been seeing in, in terms of the style of banners has been more minimal nowadays. Once upon a time, people tried to cram everything and everything they could into the banner because the uh, headlines are now 220 characters in spaces instead of 110. You could talk about more about how you help people in the headline than you do in the banner. So the banners I've been seeing lately have been much more minimal, fewer graphics, fewer words, definitely put your logo in there and things like that. But you can have a lot more fun with the actual design of it. Canva does have some really great simple banners in there as well that you can draw inspiration from. Go there, make the banner, put it up. And like Bryn said, it's dynamic. So the next section we're going to do is the cover story or profile video, whatever you have. LinkedIn is playing word games again with its stuff. So um, cover story and profile video, those are both the videos that you have when you click on your face up there, up top. Bryn, go with your tip. LinkedIn cover story or profile video, same thing, different words. It is the video that lives behind your headshot. If you go to someone's profile, you may see three seconds of a video. If you click on that, you get to watch up to 30 seconds of a video that they've created. How do you use this? This is a wonderful way to welcome people to your profile. It's a great way for them to get to know you, to connect with you, to resonate. 
make sure you've got some kind of call to action. It could be anything from check my featured section for content, or here's a link to, to schedule a call with me, or here's a link to download a report. No matter how you use this, this is prime real estate and an amazing opportunity for people to resonate, connect with you, and start to build that rapport. Okay, Bob, cover story, go. Cover story, profile video, whatever. Thank you, LinkedIn. And speaking of thank you, LinkedIn, this one is much more mechanical, but it's going to save you a lot of heartache. A couple of cover stories... I that I had a, a few times ago, it came in perfectly at 30 seconds. Everything that I wanted to say, it wouldn't let me upload it because it was like 30 seconds and 15 frames or something like that. I mean, something really stupid, basically. So everybody says 30 seconds come in at 29 seconds. It's only one second difference, but it will upload if you come in at 29, because if you do the 30 and it's perfect and it won't let you upload, you'll want to do what I want to do, which is throw my computer and my phone against the wall. Don't do that. Plan for 29 seconds, not 30 seconds. You'll save yourself a lot of heartache. The next section we're going to talk about is the featured section. Um, came came about a couple of years ago. It's fantastic in many different ways. And Bryn's going to tell you about one of them, Bryn. Absolutely love the featured section. This is the scroll stopper, the visual on your profile. If you're in creator mode, it's coming up really high in the scroll. If you're in a traditional LinkedIn mode, it might be falling underneath your about section, but either way, it will catch people's attention. You can connect your posts, upload eBooks, add video here. This is a wonderful opportunity to showcase a few of your content pieces that can help people really see you as a resource. This is an opportunity to bring in great value in this featured section. One warning, do not pitch here. That's not what this is for. This is really for earning the right for them to want to talk to you. And the way we do that is by making sure that everything we share is of value. Okay, Bob, featured section, go. I'm going to expand on that a little bit. So featured section, any content that you put in there, obviously, as everything Bryn said, should be educated and of value. Make sure that it leads to your solution and not with your solution. If it's with your solution, it's going to look like a sales piece. If it looks like a sales piece, guess what? They gone bye-bye. Make sure that it leads to your solution, that the content is value agnostic, but at the same time, when they're done reading it, they'll go, hmm, this sounds pretty good. I learned something and they do have a solution here that might be able to help me out. Why don't I reach out to them and find and reach out to this person and find out more, which leads perfectly into the about section because we view the about section a little bit differently than a lot of other people do, but it can help you in your sales brand. Go. About section on LinkedIn. Most people have my mission, my passion, my years in business, but you have not earned the right for anyone to care about that yet. So what do we do with the about section? Very fast formula. Talk about the challenge your buyer is facing. When you do that, they resonate. They lean in and say, oh my God, he gets me. She gets me. Challenge first. Next thing, vendor agnostic insights. That means insights not about how we can help you, but insights that are actually helping them, even if they never talk to you. Number three, let them know now you've earned the right, you've provided great value, how you might be able to work with them. Number four, a call to action. If you have faced any of these challenges, or if this is resonating with you, 
let's jump on a call. Even if we never work together, I'm sure I could bring some insights and actionable things that you can do to help solve X. Number five, email, phone number. And if you have a calendar link, make sure it's there. Bob, about section, go. <laughs> so that's everything about the about set about. Yeah, about the about section. But the thing is, I want to talk about that specific contact info uh, section because it is huge, especially if they're not a first degree connection when they come to you, when they click on your contact info link, if they even know that the contact info link is there, you'd be shocked at how many people don't even know what's there. They will not be able to reach out to you directly. That is bad. That is why we want to have the contact info in there so that anyone coming to your profile, no matter what, if they're connected to you or if it's their first freaking time on LinkedIn, you want them to be able to reach out to you based on the strength of your profile. And with all these tips, trust me, you, you are going to have people wanting to reach out to you. By having that information in your about section, you're taking away a significant barrier for them to get in contact with you you. I love that. And just clarify, there is a contact information section that we're going to talk about there in is. a minute, right? Yep. But I think to Bob's point, if you are not a first degree connection, you can't see a lot of that information. So by adding that to the bottom of your about section, you're making it easy for anyone who visits your profile to reach out and contact you. So is that our next one? No, our next one, I, you know something? Let's switch up the order. This is so quick fire. We're going to switch up quick the order fire. here. Let's go to contact info next for in. Contact information is absolutely critical couple of things. Make sure you have your professional email there, not your fatcat37 at yahoo.com. This is the opportunity where people will reach out to you directly. You don't want your first professional engagement to be on your personal email. Plus, often we miss our personal emails. Make sure that that contact information, your primary email is your professional email. Number two, make sure there is a phone number where they can contact you. On the mobile, it's a click to dial. Get it in there. They can easily connect with you. There are also websites that you can link to. Your birth date there, which used to be more valuable than it might be today, but- um, <laughs> As we recently discovered, yeah. The, the notification piece on birthdays is dying out a little bit, but you can add your Twitter here. This contact information is absolutely vital because we want to make it easy for our connections to contact us. Bob, contact information, go. So again, I'm going to get a little specific here because Bryn gave, gave great highlights about everything. When it comes to the URLs that you provide, so in other words, the websites that you want people to click on to find out more about you when they click in the contact us section. So you can provide up to three websites that go outside of LinkedIn that will inform them more about you and whatever else you want to put in there. So generally they have pre, they being LinkedIn has pre-formatted fields in there. So like personal company and that type of thing. If you choose other, there's a text box that comes up. You can customize whatever text that you want 
to have mm -hmm. in there. So like in mine, for example, I could have just put a company website for the socialsaleslink.com website. What I did was I got rid of that. I put down, I think it's social sales link website. It just looks more professional. It also lets people know exactly what they're going to be taken to. So you can really customize that. And as long as it's under what, like 30 characters, I think, or something like exactly. that. So it has to be short, but when you put that in, they'll know that when they go to the link that you specify that that's what they're going to mm -hmm. get. They're not going to go to some spam link or something like that, essentially. So use choose other. And then when that box comes in, use that box wisely. And speaking of customized things when it comes to URL. Oh, no, actually, let's go back. Next is no, let's go with custom URL next custom URL. So because we're kind of jumping around everywhere, but that's OK. This will all come out in the wash. Custom URL. Brand okay. Good. We all have a custom URL. We all have a URL. If you click on your profile and you look at the top, it'll say linkedin.com slash in slash some version of your name and symbols if you have not customized this. You can customize this when you are on your LinkedIn profile. This is an absolutely great opportunity to go in and customize this URL. If you click on, there's a couple places to do, do this, but if you click on contact information and then your pencil, and then you go to that profile URL, it's a hyperlink, it's gonna take you to your public profile settings. There's also a link on your profile with public settings that you could click in directly. When you look down on the right-hand side, you are gonna see a little pencil next to that URL. And if you're Nate, you just retype your name. If your name is available, you can save it. And now mine is linkedin.com slash in slash Bryn Tillman. It will help in search engine optimization and other things. If you have a common name, you can add a dash in it or potentially add a number at the end, whatever that is, but try to grab your name. Bob, right, custom yeah. URL, go. Looking to up your LinkedIn game? The Social Sales Link team has you covered with our LinkedIn Sales Accelerator, a guided social selling program that includes training, coaching, and so much more. Visit socialsaleslink.com slash in for more details. Again, that's socialsaleslink.com slash in. Yeah, so uh, two things. Number one, that currently appears at the end of your URL if you haven't customized it yet. We lovingly call it the LinkedIn prison number just so that you know. Second, I did want to expand just a little bit on the actual name that you select because it's just like a social network where if you go in and you just want to use your name, if someone else has it, then you can't have it. A couple of possible combinations you can try are your first initial and your last name. Your first initial, middle initial, and last name. First name, last name, and just as Bryn said, like a significant two-digit number to you. So like when you graduated from high school or when you graduated from college or something like that. Sometimes, especially if you have a common name like mine, Bob Woods, although I was lucky enough, I actually have Bob Woods for mine. You may need to get a little creative there, but just kind of think of it like that you're registering your name for a social network, except that this is professional. So you don't want to go with Bryn brought up an email earlier about fatboy21 at uh, yahoo.com. You don't want to go with fatboy21, but make sure that it's a part of your name and that, you know, it looks good. It looks professional. And once you register it, it's yours forever, just like a social network. So the awesome. next thing we're going to talk about is experience. 
experience, the experience section. We have a lot of experience with the experience section. So Bryn, go ahead. A couple quick things with the experience section where most people think of experience section as kind of like my resume. If you are in a business development role, think of this more about your story and how you help people. Connect as a human being. They don't care if you hit President's Club three years in a row, if you're 150% of goal, if you're in sales, right? What do they care about? They care about you as a person because this is who they're getting to know and they care about how you can help them. Quick tip, the title is search engine optimized. Your title will help you come up in search. There are lots of ways to leverage this. You don't necessarily just want CEO, president, owner, sales rep in that title. You want some key words in that title. And the last thing, you can actually take advantage of LinkedIn's threaded together experience sections where normally would say, you know, you were a teller and then a branch manager and then a commercial lender if you were a banker and it threads together. You can take advantage of that real estate and either highlight instead of the jobs you had, the people you serve or the deliverables or the solutions that you offer. And that gives you more search engine credibility. So you would have the solution instead of a title and you could thread together all of your deliverables and it will really help not only in people understanding how you help and what you do, but help in that search engine optimization. Bob, experience, go. So you hear all this stuff about your current experience and you're like, yeah, that sounds good, but I've got like five other jobs that I've had before some of which may not make sense when it comes to your current job. Well, it may or may not. It depends on your situation. In the description for those, try to think of ways of what I call spinning up what you did before and how it helps you help customers and prospects and things like that today. So that could work in a lot of different ways. If you're in sales now, but you worked as a host at a restaurant, something like that back in the day, some of those skills that you learned back then are helping you now. Like me, for example, I was in journalism once upon a time. How the heck does that have to do with sales and marketing and training and everything like that? It's actually a lot. And I've spun all that up in my profile to how it helps people today. So it's not necessarily you worrying about oh my God, this looks weird. If you spin it up to show how it works, how that's helping you today, that's a perfect way to make everything kind of spin up to the person that you are today. And your previous experience obviously makes up who you are today when it comes to, you know, your personal life and your professional life as well. So if you use that wisely, you can really make that shine for you. Nice. So the next section, oh my God, I've lost my spot. Oh, here it is, skills, the skills section within the profile. And we have all kinds of skills here. <laughs> so go ahead, Brent. So a couple of things, a lot of people are like, what the point of skills? First of all, it's very search optimized. Number two, every once in a while, and LinkedIn goes through its moods, you may get to somebody's profile and it'll say, is Bob Woods good at marketing, right? And that's, those questions are pulled from your skills. They've used it in many different ways. It's also, if people 
scroll down and they see you've got lots of endorsements on a skill, even though they might be random endorsements, it's still a pretty good look. So think about all the keywords that you would want to be found for based on your abilities, your offers, all that stuff, and max out your 50 skills. Bob, skills, go. So to expand on Bryn's point a little bit there, when you enter in your skills, LinkedIn is going to make suggestions based on what's in its database. Guess what? You don't have to use those. So there are a lot of other areas in LinkedIn where you have to choose what they provide you. This is one of the areas where you can type in whatever it is you want in there, essentially. So with that, if you have like a, a lot of experience in a particular area of sales, you can put that in. This is especially important when it comes to the types of things and types of products that you have that may not necessarily be in that section. Mm -hmm. So one of our current clients, and I forget what this stands for, but they do a lot with ITAD. It has to do with internet security and telecommunications and things like that. Guess what? That ain't in there, but you could put that in there. And because that's actually searchable as well, it comes up in search engine results. You have a better chance for those kind of esoteric things to come up, even though it's not in LinkedIn's database. So don't be afraid to put in your own words in there rather than depend on just what's in LinkedIn's in terms of that drop down there. Love that. I absolutely love that. And I think it's yes. IT asset disposition. But it's important. It's usually important. For We're them, it, that's them. what they do. Not yeah, it's right. very important for, for companies that need that. Next, certifications. That's a section that not a lot of people use, much less know about. Bryn. Yeah, so this is a great opportunity to share with your network all the things that you're working on. And when people see that you're consistently getting certified in things, whether it's through LinkedIn, LinkedIn Learning, our clients, when they get certified, they can add us to their certifications. If you go out and get a certification, uh, you know, let's say you're a healthcare provider and you get your, you know, a certification on defibrillators, add it, right? It gives you credibility. You worked for it, add it to your profile. So it's essentially social proof of your experience and skills, because a lot of times you can link, depending on whether the provider of the certification gives you a link to something that proves who you are. If they do, definitely put that in there so that they can hit that link and then they could see that you actually earn that. So it's social proof that you have the experience, that you have the skills that this certification brought to you. And we're going to end up with something that's actually very important. A lot of people don't think it's important, but it is very important. Recommendations. Bryn. I absolutely love recommendations on LinkedIn. Lots of reasons. Quick fire. Number one, it shows credibility, right? This is proof that your clients see value in you. And for us, this has reduced our sales cycle. Our clients, our prospects will say, this sounds great. We can't wait to work with you. I'd love to talk with a couple of other sales leadership teams that have succeeded. So before we invest in you, we know that you're good. And I'll say, hey, go look at my recommendations. If there's anyone in there you want to have a conversation with, let me know and I'll set it up. And they see a hundred of them and they read through them and they can click through to the people and they go, wow, she can help this many people. And this is what they're saying. I don't need to talk to them. This is great. Bonus recommendations. If you recommend recommend your client. I'm going to say this again. If you recommend your client on LinkedIn. So I reach out and I go, Steve Farber, I am thrilled that we were able to help you 
grow your business, connect with more human resource people that through our LinkedIn training and coaching, you were able to get into great companies to help them build their culture, right? I send that out. Steve says, oh, wow, she thinks I'm awesome. Remember, he's my client. He's paying me. I post that out there. I am now on his profile saying how much I love working with him. And in a sense, how much I'm grateful that we were able to help him grow his business. I am now able to advertise that on his profile. So I make him feel good. And when someone looks at his recommendations, I'm getting sort of that shout out about how we worked with him. Bob, recommendations, go. So I'm going to build on that a little bit because that was going to be mine, but that's okay because I do have another one too. So relating to that though, and this is where things get a little softer, but it's still very important in that, you know, when you're doing that for Steven, you're actually strengthening your relationship with him further as well. So one of the things that we talk about during our normal trainings is, you know, nurturing connections and nurturing probably isn't the best description to do here, but just continue to build on that relationship. When you provide that to him, he's going to think even more highly about you at that point. And, you know, so for any future conversations that come down the pike, if there's like a new product that we would come out with, or if we're just looking through their profile, for example, and we see a couple people who we may think may be good for us and would like to ask Stephen to permission to name drop or to provide a uh, an introduction or, or something like that. Because we continue to build that relationship and because we provided them a recommendation, it strengthens that even more because you were willing to go out there and actually kind of put your neck on the line a little bit for him. And even though there's all the positive stuff that Bryn just mentioned, at the same time, you know, we're like the old mafia or whatever you want to say, basically, you know, I vouch for him. You're vouching for this person. And, you know, you should, if you feel like that, don't vouch for people who you don't want to be vouch authentic. for. Otherwise you'll get, uh, yeah, be authentic. And great way to build relationships as well. Wow, this was fun. Long, longer than I thought, but for oh, rapid yeah, fire, yeah. it's yeah, our I, longest it's live. I feel like that I've run uh, many, many 400-yard sprints, but uh, it's all been good. And I love your mafia. <laughs> I'm going to use that. I love that. We're going to close this out. Thanks everyone for joining us. We appreciate it. We do these every week, the Making Sales Social Lives. We also have Making Sales Social, our interview series where we interview people from all walks of life in terms of sales and marketing and all that other fun types of stuff, all with the goal of helping you build your business. If you're interested in finding out more, go to socialsaleslink.com slash podcast. We're also on all of the major podcast platforms. If you're not a subscriber already, smash that button, as the kids say, and feel free to leave us a review as well. So for Bryn, I'm Bob Woods. And when you're out and about, make sure that you're making your sales. Social. Excellent. Bye-bye, everybody. Have a great day. Don't miss an episode. Visit socialsaleslink.com slash podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. Register for free resources at linkedinlibrary.com. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.